Hi, and welcome to Everything Geek. That was Rod Faulkner, and I'm Tony Tolado, and uh, it's great to be here again for our July episode, our free Comic-Con episode, as we get ready for the big convention as we tape this. Some of us will be leaving next week. And joining me, as they always do, is, first of all, from that wonderful website and podcast, geeklegacy.com, is Justin Cavender. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I love your Batman uh, thing back there, too, buddy. Yeah, that's oh, great. man, check this shit out. Watch this. It sings. No Probably way! Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's nice. awesome. I know. Batman! <laughs> <laughs> I just, just broke my out. house. Thanks a lot. That's all right. All. And we also have, uh, from the Seventh Matrix, Rod Faulkner joining us for her second show with us. Hello, hello, everybody. All right. And last but certainly not least, from another wonderful website, thefullbleed.net. And, uh, Tim, some, I mean, your insight on stuff is amazing. That's why we love you so much. Tim Byers from thefullbleed.net. Hey, guys. Good to be, good to be back. Good to be back. Good to get, get into it. Dig, dig into it. So, as we like, take this, we like all this. haven't seen it, but uh, tonight is, uh, or today, is uh, Terminator Genesis, so it, I haven't had a chance, and I certainly wasn't going to line up last night to see it. Uh, but uh, we're, I'm looking forward to it. So far, reviews have been mixed. Uh, kind of go around the horn here, and what are you guys, what, you guys looking forward to this, or is this just... Uh, a blatant way to catch in and reboot another franchise. I'm actually going to see it as soon as I hang up this call with you guys. All right. Oh, okay. But I think it's probably going to suck. But on top of that, I think that uh, we were actually talking about this on the Geek Legacy podcast uh, two days ago that uh, they revealed too much in the trailer. Uh, perhaps they shouldn't have told us that John Connor was all crazy cyborg style. And that would have been a fun reveal you know, at some point in the middle of the movie. But whatever. Yeah, I agree. Rod, are you looking forward to it? I am not. I probably <laughs> won't. <laughs> Rod hates everything. <laughs> I know. I, I promise you I don't. I really, really don't. But look, Jesus okay. Christ, you hate let everything me, you talk about. <laughs> let me plead my case. Let me plead my case. I really think that they should just let this franchise be. But... um. Everything I've seen from Genesis, I think, and is it Amelia Clark? Is that the actress name? Yeah, Sarah mm -hmm. Connor? Yep. I, think she's, I think she's miscast in this. I just cannot see totally her agree. Sarah Connor. And I've read a review, I forget who it was by, but a reviewer who did go see the movie, that was his main complaint. He said that he could not buy her as Sarah Connor. Mm -hmm. And Linda Hamilton... I think never did get her due for Terminator 2, especially because of her yeah. physical transformation. Yep. But she left such an indelible mark on that role that I I really can't see anyone else doing it. Now, when they had the TV series, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, I'll admit, Lena Headey did a pretty good job, but she had yeah. her own take on it. Yep. But she has that gravitas, and Amelia Clark just doesn't. So, mm. And I think it's been done to death. The continuity is pretty much screwed up right now. You don't know what the hell's going on. And I think the movie has more time travel in it, so yeah, I, I hate to be uh, a negative ninny on this one, but nah, I, I think I'll pass. Yeah. We need you to be a positive Pete. 
<laughs> I will, I promise. When we talk about sci-fi and its new shows, I'll be up more upbeat, I promise. Oh, okay. Uh, Tim, so what do you think? Um, I'm, I'm not going to rush to go see it. And, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I, yeah, well, Thank you, I, Tim. I, it's just because I agree with Rod that I don't think Amelia Clark, I just don't buy her as, as Sarah Connor. But other than that, though, I mean, I love... I love a good Arnold movie. No, God knows. Nobody loves a great line-laden Arnold movie like me. I mean, come on. Do it. Come on. Do it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you have to have good, good Arnold movies. But I don't think this is going to be that. And I think it's going to be very different. It's a different take, different feel. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna hate it. I just don't think I'm gonna love it. And the last Terminator movie, man, I freaking loved it. I love the way that you know the the end of the world was inevitable. They only delayed it. Yeah. That was such a great mechanism for yeah. ending that franchise. And so bringing it back, yeah. But I mean, it could be great. But to answer your question, Tony, I think it's both. It is hmm. maybe awesome, but hard to say. But it's totally a blatant move to cash in. Of course it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, and you, if you're going to try that, you really have to do it right. The one that I've seen, a trailer I saw recently, that is looks like a blatant attempt to cash, cash in, but also looks like it's doing it right. Oddly enough, I did not think I was going to like it. Then I saw the trailer for Creed. I was like, oh, yeah. Holy yeah, shit, man. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan is everywhere, and I can see why. He's amazing. Yes, he is. Just about yeah. everything that he does, and that looks good. That looks, looks good. Badass, dude. And honestly, I'm a sucker for Rocky, and when I saw at the end, when you see him in the, in the trunks, in, yeah. in Apollo's yeah. trunks, yeah. Like, oh my God, this is so <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I know. I, so it does. That one. Looks like so. If you're gonna cash in, you have to do it with a story that feels familiar, but with a totally different take on it. And that 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 film, I know it's a fine line. And it's really tough to define that way. But that one looks like it's gonna be a Michael B. Jordan movie that happens to have a little Rocky mythos sprinkled in. Totally gonna see it as soon as I possibly can. Yes. I, you know, I agree with that. And, and to flip it and have Rocky as his trainer and motivator. I think it was a, a stroke move. And and for Sly, I mean, if you look at the makeup, he's got like cauliflower ears and yeah, all the yeah. battle damage of all these fights right. on him. Kudos for him for saying, fuck it, I'm going to do this character the way he should be played. And right. uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I am more psyched about that than I am Terminator. Frankly, I hope Terminator is better than the prank that Arnold Schwarzenegger did for charity, uh, being the Terminator at Madame Tussauds, because I think that was yeah. funny. But yeah. I don't know what this movie is going to be. Uh, I think because of the reasons you guys cited. I mean, too many trips. Uh, I thought, I have to give him props, though. Very clever, going back in time and Arnold killing himself uh, in the beginning of the film. I thought that was kind of clever. But what do you go from here? I don't know. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what Bung Young Lee does to his take on the uh, T-1000. But uh, it, yeah, the movie. Uh, I'm on the fence. It could be, it could be, fun and re, you know invigorate the uh, the franchise, or it could be like, oh man, why don't they just kill this thing already? Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
We'll see. It and, won't and just, stop until you are dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, and Justin, we both saw Jurassic World. And yes. Why don't you go first on your take on that? Yes. What are we calling it? Michael Vick's Jurassic World. It is nothing but it's a snuff movie for dinosaurs. I have I have no problem watching dinosaurs eat people all day long. But when I gotta watch them just fucking murder each other on screen, that's not what I come to see. Like I was expecting a remake of Jaws three where the shark is loose in the park. And I didn't fucking get that. Instead I just get this giant new like this hybrid dinosaur of, of he's like a like a tutti fruity milkshake of all the different types of dinosaurs coming together. He eats like two or three people, but then it's mostly just eating other dinosaurs, and that pissed me off. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I started throwing my popcorn at the screen. I was like, "This is bullshit." And then, and then there's one part where these uh these pterodactyls get loose, and then yeah. they just like they're picking up everything that they see, no matter what it is. Like you know when you go to San Diego and you know, you buy a churro from a guy, and some seagull just swoops down and fucking takes it right out of your hands. It's the same concept, except these pterodactyls are coming, and they're picking up people. They're picking up baby triceratops. They're just picking up everything they see. Yeah. Piss, piss me off. It reminded me of uh, of uh, Finding Nemo, where they're like, mine, mine, mine. <laughs> That's totally what it was like. And it just it pissed me off. And then... I'm, like, waiting forever. There's, like, not a single T-Rex in this whole movie until the final, like, five minutes. And yeah. I was like, this is bullshit. And then, um, apparently I'm in the minority, though, because it made a billion trillion dollars in, like, two days. Yeah. Yes, Tim, I don't... Record. Yes. Universal is killing it in the box office this year. Oh, yeah. my God. And, yeah. um, I don't, I don't know. They haven't been in that position for a long time. Yeah. Right. Amen. Now you got Fast and Furious money, you got Jurassic World money, you got Pitch Perfect 2 money. They're just crushing it. And uh, I guess the world was ready for more dinosaurs. I, I, I thought this movie was going to do okay. I was not expecting it to make a billion dollars in five minutes. I felt the same way, Justin. I thought it would do so-so. I was surprised. Mm -hmm. how I, was, I was dreading going to see it, to be honest. Like, <laughs> oh, really? I don't know about this. And... Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what bothered me was Bryce Dallas Howard. I go, man, she better start getting some warmer roles because she does that Ice Queen a little bit too well. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, is, in the beginning especially, she does not play somebody that uh, you know I sympathize or even care about. Ooh. Uh, and... <laughs> And finally, you know, she comes around and she discovers the true meaning of dinosaurs. But, uh, uh, but you know, it, it took three quarters of the movie. Uh, the, the special effects are great and everything. But I'll tell you exactly what put this movie over the top. And, and that is, uh, boy, I'm, I'm, I just did a brain freeze on, uh, who is that? Who's the guy? Who's the lead? Chris, <laughs> Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. It is Chris Pratt. Saved this fucking movie. His charm, his every scene that he's in, you just can't stop looking at the guy. The girls love him, and the guys want to go out for beers with the guy because he's funny, he's cool, and doesn't take himself too seriously. And he is the saving grace of this movie, and people really connected with him. I mean, it's a formula that's tired. 
in in a sense where it's a family thing where these two brothers don't get along at the beginning and then they they hug in each other by the end because they they were almost eaten by dinosaurs. It's a formula that worked from the first movie and it's retreaded, but the thing that is different is Chris Pratt and just his presence alone anybody else in that lead this movie would have sunk faster than a stone uh, no doubt about it yeah there was a lot of dino dino on dino violence you might say but I didn't mind that as much huh. um, it was uh, I mean if you look at this movie and you really see how much digital has uh, has grown um, it's uh, it's one of these screenplays where a lot of people took credit for it uh, because they had a lot of people rewrite it I interviewed two of the writers who did Rise of the Planet of the Apes and also Dawn, uh, Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, and they wrote one of the drafts, and I definitely could feel their influence. They've got a really good sense of what the public wants, and I think they gave the people what they wanted in the movie, but they also, uh, they, they and they gave us uh, casting. Chris Pratt was like, and apparently this... They cast him before Guardian, so they had no idea if he could carry a movie. It's just that they all looked good. I mean, because of him, I like the movie. Is it a great movie? No, but it was damn entertaining, and uh, it was fun with your popcorn. Uh, I don't know if I'll own it on DVD or, or see it on demand. Maybe I will, but who knows. Hey, can I ask you guys a question, yeah. then, Tony and Justin, because you guys saw it? Did you see it in 3D or IMAX? I did. Uh, I saw it in regular. You saw Jurassic it in regular. World a la carte. Did you see it in 3D or IMAX or both, Tony? I, I, it was IMAX 3D. And, it was uh, IMAX yeah. 3D. Spectacular. It really is amazing how well it looks on there. It's okay, because this is also the year, like we've been talking for years, that 3D is either dying or dead. But for whatever reason, I don't know if we're hitting a tipping point because of the, the movies that we're seeing, but... Uh, IMAX for sure is killing it right now. Yeah. But there's been a kind of an uptick in 3D receipts, and I was not buying that at all. But apparently for Jurassic World, the 3D numbers were really solid. I think the opening weekend, it was not 48%. There was something else. Uh, I, it was at least 28% in terms wow. of 3D and IMAX receipts. So, the, wow. I mean... Like Justin said, went to a billion dollars in five minutes. I mean, premium showings were a big part of that. So there were a wow. lot of premium tickets for, for this movie in particular. And for some of the other big movies also, I mean, Age of Ultron had, you know, a huge showing for um, uh, IMAX. But Jurassic World not only set the record uh, for opening weekend and then fastest to a billion, but it also set the record for biggest IMAX opening ever. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm not surprised. I, I mean, it it's had, a movie that's made for it, to be honest. It really is. And it, I think it's one of those movies where it was playing on, like, 4,000 screens. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that, that's a lot of movie theaters. That is yeah, a lot that's of a movie theaters, for and sure. And, Tim, let me ask you, what do you know what percentage of that is domestically versus globally? Because I know China is a big market, and that can really help push a movie over. And I'm yeah. wondering, is there some type of distinction between domestic sales as far as IMAX and 3D versus overseas? For sure. I mean, Jurassic. I don't think Jurassic World has been released in China yet. China's usually, okay. that's a staggered release. So Chinese 
releases are usually three to four months later. Um, in a lot of cases, there will be like a summer, you know, blockbuster gets a winter release or like a November release in China. That's not unusual at all. Japan, okay. too. I don't know why that is. But, um, no, China is an interesting beast um, because of the way that they structure it and it's government mandated. I believe the screen share for the distributor, especially a U.S. film, is only like 20 to 25 percent. Get a very small percentage of that. And so the theory on that is that because of the size of the population, the number of the receipts, you know, the grosses, it's just so huge that you want to accommodate them anyway. Um, and it's also mandated, um, you know, almost all premium, almost all blockbuster films now released in China are on premium screens. And so okay. there's uh, some Chinese investors that, you know, there is a distinct IMAX China that has, you know, an IMAX... Um, I think it's, I forget the name of the group that came in, but essentially it's a joint venture. It is now a spinoff of, of IMAX. And so they're building all sorts of new IMAX-ready theaters in China just wow. to handle these blockbusters because it's <laughs> such, there's such huge demand for it. So the split is a little bit less. Typically it's 50-50 here in the U.S. China, it's more like 80% stays home and 20% goes back overseas. But that 20% is still a big number. Exactly. Wow, what, what an interesting perspective, Tim. You know, that's really a really cool point uh, about 3D. Uh, you know, it's, look, uh, I mean, people are buying big screen TVs and having it at home. Uh, you want to give, movie theaters have to give you something you can't get at home. And, yeah. uh, True. I mean, and, and IMAX 3D is the way to go. Yeah, you pay more money, but the, the process is better. Uh, IMAX has also refined their process. And uh, it's just, the movies look spectacular. It's very immersive, and you really get caught up in it. And this was a movie that you just were totally, in, in, you know, and then add that with the great sound of the dinosaurs moving and growling and everything. Man, you swear you're being chased yourself. It was really amazing. So, Plus, they so, use freaking lasers, man. Yeah. IMAX uses lasers. Unbelievable. They use lasers to make movies now. It's impressive. Wow. There aren't wow. that many. There's there's only a few of their laser projectors, but I'm I'm kidding. But they they are sort of rolling those out, you know, kind of slowly. Wow. But that's like what what the future is is that they'll do these laser projectors for like even bigger format. This I think it's those cameras. It's either that or the Arri camera that will be used to make the first two 100% IMAX films, which will be both of the Infinity War. Hmm. So when Marvel comes out with both the in Infinity War films, those will be the first ever. 100% IMAX films that are not like, you know, digital shorts. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you guys been keeping up with what's going on on television these days uh, for the summer? Like BattleBots? <laughs> sure, why not? Is that, is, that, is that what it's called, BattleBots? I don't yeah, know. That's what, I've never oh, seen yeah? it, but that's what it's called. You're right. Was it, wasn't there a show like that a long time ago? Or was that Robot Wars or something stupid where... People built robots and they destroyed each other. I don't know. You know when you say that, all I can think of is like Robotech. Yeah, wow. yeah. Do you remember the old Robotech? Yeah, yeah the good. anime. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the movie Robot Jocks? Like in sure. 1989. Yeah, yeah. That's that was with, fun. Uh, with Gary uh, from uh, First Final. No, not from First. From uh, what's that? What's that series? Uh, Alien Nation was in that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was. 
Yeah. And the, the one girl was in it too. She was in, in the Heat in the Heat of the Night, but I forget her name. It escapes oh, me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. I don't Robot know. Jacks. You know, I've been so I'm totally behind on summer TV because my wife and I have been binging Sons of Anarchy and yeah. we cannot stop watching it. Yeah, it's oh, a great show. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I saw those guys. I'm becoming, I'm like wondering now what Kurt Sutter is going to do next. Yeah. I need I, I to was, know, I need to know what he's going to do next. Cause I was waiting for the strain roundtables last year at Comic-Con and uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy was the roundtable for us. So you could tell because everybody in the cast was unshaven <laughs> and uh, their hair was all over the place. It was great. Because <laughs> they can't, they can't uh, you know, they can't like shave anything off during the off season because, yeah. you know, they, that's the way they got to shoot the show. But uh, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a cool show. How uh, far are you, Tim? I think we're in season six. And it was oh. only seven seasons, right? Right, yeah. correct. So we're getting to the end of season six. And then and shit's getting crazy again. And then uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with, you know, how they put a put a bow on it. But I am hearing just to like, I mean, kick off the summer TV. I was looking forward to getting into True Detective, and I'm hearing that it's not, not thrilling people. It's not as good. Is that true? I haven't started it yet. Yeah, I haven't started it either. I, I, I will, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. That would be so disappointing because last season was so amazing. Yeah, oh, it was. Oh, huh. and, and as far as uh, I know, I know Rod, you and I have been watching some dark matter. Kind of talk about that, especially for the you know, maybe the guys haven't seen it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to mention that as far as um, television, sci-fi this summer. You know, they said several months ago that they were going to recommit to genre scripted television, which was good news for we sci-fi fans. Yeah. And uh, Ascension didn't work, but they have released Dark Matter, and that is by the executive producer who was on Stargate. Yeah. Uh, Stargate franchise for all those mm -hmm. years. And Tony, help me, Joseph, how is his last name pronounced? He pronounces it Joe Malachi. Malachi. A really nice guy. Yeah, but Dark guy. Matter, uh, Justin, Tim, have you all seen it yet? Do you know what it's about? No, yeah. but I, I do, do you think it, I mean, I, I guess you can tease it for me, Rod. It, do you think it follows the, the Dark Horse comic that, that well, or is it or is it completely different? Well, I've read the Dark Horse comic, and, and Mr. Malochi created the concept. They created it as a comic first, yep. and then for the attention of bringing it to television. Oh, I so, see. Okay. Yeah, so it's his baby, and um, it's about these six strangers wake up on the spaceship. They've been in stasis. They don't have any memory of who they are or how they got there. And when they wake up, they find out that they have people chasing them. They don't know why. Um, so in this particular mythology, I don't know how far in the future it's set, but there are these huge mega conglomerates and corporations that control all of the colony worlds that hum humanity is on. So they have some type of connection with those corporations, but then they have all these other entities that are after them, and they're trying to figure out if they can trust each other while they try to unravel the mystery of why they're aboard this ship. And mm -hmm. so as an audience member, you are following along with this cast to try and determine, hey, what the hell's going on here? So as the story is being unraveled and revealed, 
you experience it along with the cast. It's pretty fantastic. And it's a neat device. Yeah, and what I like about it is that it has very complex, strong women characters. As a yeah. matter of fact, the captain is a woman. And the crew, some people have tried to compare it to Firefly. I can see why they might want to do that, but it, it is really different. Okay. So, and another reason is, thank God, space operas are back on television. Oh, man, so this is set in space with spaceships mm-hmm. and yeah. space fights. So it And it looks phenomenal. So definitely if no one has checked it out, check out Dark Matter. It's on Fridays, I believe, 9 Central. And then the other show that precedes it is Killjoys. And that stars Aaron Ashmore. And I can't remember the female lead, but that's another incredible space opera. And it's about um, these three, they call them Killjoys, but they're kind of like intergalactic bounty hunters. Yeah. And you just follow along on their different adventures. But there's also an overarching mystery behind the female lead because there's more to her and her backstory that's yet to be revealed. So both of those shows kick ass. I can't recommend them highly enough. Nice. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, Killjoys. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, to be honest, I can't get too excited about it. Why is that? I've seen... Uh, uh, well, I mean, just because it's the name? Hunters, because just, it's the kill, Killjoys? I, I promise you, give it... Give it, Give it a, a chance. Shot. All right. Yeah, all right. the writing is phenomenal, and again, it stars another woman in the lead. Yeah, that's true. The dynamic is fantastic, and Aaron Ashmore is an actor. Uh, yeah, I always, always like enjoyed him. him. So yeah, definitely give it a shot. I, I okay. think you will enjoy it. It's just pure fun. Yeah, you won't um, have to twist not, my arm. <laughs> yeah, it's not too campy, but but I think you I think you'll dig it. But so I, I'm really we, enjoying. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I'm really enjoying sci-fi's recommitment to space operas again. And the next project we have is The Expanse based on those novels. Yep. And so I look forward to whenever mm-hmm. that debuts, too. I think that would be exciting. Ooh, ooh, me, me, yeah, me. Hey, Justin, Justin. <laughs> uh, so about a year ago, I remember Tony saying that sci-fi needs to get their fucking act together. They're yeah. full of shit. They're going to crumble. This isn't going to work. Yeah. Are you? Do, do they listen to this podcast? Are they, are they uh, actually stepping in the right direction now? I, I, I think they're on the right path. I uh, do too. I, you know, I think that I think they're making a commitment to it. Uh, you know, they they changed their pr- head of original programming from Mark Stern uh, to a new gentleman. We talked about that last year. Uh, there's and uh, one thing that came out of um, when they did their. Uh, Kind of like their digital press tour last year in Orlando was that uh, Comcast has deep pockets and is committed to really beefing up the channel, and they're spending money. Uh, you know, the if just I, I mean the Krypton show that is being developed is going to cost them, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. That's going to be really interesting. But I think they're on the right path. I think in some areas uh, they, uh, you know, there's there's something interesting that this year, these two shows were at Comic-Con last year, and they're nowhere near Comic-Con this year. Uh, Defiance and also Dominion. Dominion, I believe, is still shooting, and that's why they couldn't make it. I really like that show. But to me, I just watched a little bit of season three of Defiance, and this was not this was done by a different, you know, when Mark Stern's regime was in charge. The company, I, I was talking to somebody about this, and 
the company apparently that does the video game is either in bankruptcy or having trouble. Oh, that's oh, really? not good news. Yeah, wow. which is Tryon Worlds. Yeah, and um, and I, you know, and to be honest, I I looked at the show and said, what is it about Defiance that doesn't grab me? Is to be honest, a lot of the people in it that are in the leads have really are better suited for supporting roles and not lead roles. So in some ways, it was miscast. Uh, you know, it's it's. I love Julie Benz, but. You know, I just there's something just missing on this show uh, that's just not there, and I think it's a combination of the cast and the writing. And I've wanted to like this, and I've really, you know, I've done some podcast specials on it, interviewed them, but um, and we just talked to Grant Browler recently. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's just not happening for me. But I think they're on the right path. I think they're going to make have some successes and some failures. What I'm really dreading is this show called Reactor that's coming up. Uh, it's uh, They got this quote-unquote comedian to host this fan kind of show. It's kind of like a lighter version of what they tried to do with uh, Will Wheaton, but not as uh, sarcastic as Will Wheaton and not and as self-centered. Man, Tony, you have turned into a grumpy goose, too. I have. I have turned into a grumpy goose today. But, You're not uh, so, get off my lawn right now. You're so but, funny. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I, I'm really dreading that show. And once it airs and you guys just watch the first episode or just go on sci-fi.com or on YouTube and just search for clips for a reactor that they have already put out there, and you'll be shaking your head, too. So I think... <laughs> Oh I God, mean, Tony! I don't know if I even give bad. it a shot now. Yeah, that's pretty no, I, bad. Just, just watch it. Just watch it once and see what you think. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Okay. But I think we're on the right path, and I think, uh, I think they'll get there. Uh, the Expanse is going to be cool, and then also they're going to be at Comic Con. Childhood's End. I'm really looking forward. Yes, to. that should be very good. I think that um, you know, sci-fi is in uncharted waters, but yeah. you have to take risk in order to have any type of success and I'm glad that for now they seem really committed to scripted science fiction mm -hmm. because there's so many seasons of ghost hunters you can stand but anyway yeah I know I, I guess I'm grumpy because I'm drinking my Romulan ale <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little high right now no no it's just it's just me oh blueberry sorry folks I didn't mean that uh. Let me mention one other show before we move on from TV. It's not well, it's Netflix, but I am a big fan of Sense Eight. Okay, and so you uh, have to tell me why, because one of my really close friends, one of my one of my best friends, said he binged it and said it was awesome, and I was surprised because I've been. I feel like I've been burned by the Wachowskis. So yeah. why do I want to watch this one? Yeah. A lot of people have been, and I have to admit, the first Matrix, I think, was the height yep. of their storytelling success. Yep, totally. But what I like about them and what I think that they succeeded in Sense8 is that it really is, it doesn't pay lip service to diversity. You see more diverse, well-developed characters on this show than on any other show that I can remember. And that's something that the audience is, is hungry for is to see representations of all kinds of people. Um, LGBT community has been represented. No doubt. Um, yeah, and it starts off slow. 
a lot of people were complaining about the first couple episodes. Yeah, it starts off slow and it doesn't seem to make any sense. But if you watch it all the way through, it, it really does come together at the very end. So, so it pays off. There's it does pay feature. off. And, and mm. those characters are tremendous, each mm. and every one of them. So I, Netflix hasn't said if they've committed to a second season. But mm. I have to give the Wachowskis this. They really do make an effort to portray characters in their situations that you just don't see. And yeah. frankly, for me, I'll be honest, a TV show will turn me off or a movie if it's just lily white. You need to reflect the world as it is. And mm -hmm. I think that audiences are getting more sophisticated and they're beginning to tune into any type of storytelling that attempts to do just that. And Sensate succeeds in that as well. So, And it's well produced. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski helped co-write it Correct. as well. So I enjoyed it. I think, Tony, if you uh, have patience with it and definitely just give it a chance. It's good to binge watch. It really does pay off at the end. All right, I, I saw the first episode. It was a little slow, but I will, uh, I'll give it a chance. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. The diversity was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, but uh, just the fact that it's international. It's like all over the world, and that was pretty cool. So and I, they filmed in those locations. So yeah, I believe a they character did. In, yeah. yeah, they did. There's a character in Japan. They filmed in Japan. There's yeah. a character in Africa. Iceland, Germany, United States, you don't see that. No, you, you really don't. don't. You so. don't. No, yeah. I, I, so. I think it's a really good way to go. And uh, I just finished season one of Daredevil. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Wasn't it terrific? Oh, my God. That was. Yeah. That's what every. That is like the superhero orgasm I've been waiting to have all these years. I'm that telling was you. So I'm fucking telling well you. done. This and you should I I, you, I can't take credit for this, but because Jeff and Tyler are on the Comic Corner uh, uh, podcast and they did a special running down all of the major Daredevil runs, and it borrows that show. It borrows from all the best, and they were reminding me to go back and read um, uh, Born Again, which is the second big Frank Miller run. It's yeah. like I think it's two twenty seven through two thirty three. It's like a seven issue arc. It's fucking amazing. It's so good, and the and the series is is based on on that and on uh, Man Without Fear from the early '90s. It's great. It's it's incredible. I agree with you, man. This was like I remember watching the first. Sorry, I totally hijacked it, but it was like a hot button thing because I went and saw the first Daredevil film, and then I immediately went back and I was like pulling out long boxes. I swear, I really did this. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like. Isn't it all here? Like, didn't I, I? What did I miss? Why did they have to change all this stuff? And then I got finished reading them, and I got so mad. I got so pissed off. Like, it's all here. Why? You know. So, and yeah. all that great stuff is uh, is in the show. It's amazing. Uh, another thing I've watched is uh, two other shows I've watched. The Whispers. I've saw a few episodes. Uh, I'll tell you, it's. Uh, uh, it's a little hit and miss, but uh, a, an actress who I saw on stage in here in New York at Central Park uh, doing Shakespeare, Lily Rabe, who is uh, Joe Clayberg's daughter, is magnificent in it. She is such a great actress. This woman is like literally on the verge of exploding. She was on American Horror Story. She yeah, just, she was terrific in that. She's she a favorite of explode. mine. She is going to explode. 
Uh, and for you BBCers who like uh, entertainment across the pond, I saw uh, Mr. Norrell, uh, Mr. Uh, is it Mr. Strange, and uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. I saw the first episode, some decent CGI, a very interesting show. It it goes at a slower pace. It doesn't hit you, you know, for, you know, right away. But I like it. Uh, it. It has that English sensibility and production design. Oh my God, is absolutely off the charts. It really makes you believe you're back in the 1800s. It's really amazing. So uh, it's worth a shot. And uh, I've also seen uh, the episode of uh, Humans. Uh, they actually, I actually got a chance to see it before it aired. And I really liked it. And if you listen to my podcast, uh, and I interviewed William Hurt, and he was saying, I wish we had more than 10 minutes to talk about this. And that was like the best compliment I could have ever gotten from anybody. Uh, and he was great. And uh, so, so talked to some of the cast as well. It's a really interesting show. Brings up a lot of uh, interesting points about AIs and should we go that far and develop them. Uh, I, I really recommend seeing that one. Uh, and also, um, The Last Ship came back, and I like the direction they're going. Uh, you know, the first season was more military and the virus, and this season they're bringing more of a family element into it and kind of like, I mean, the, the people were sort of faceless last year that were infected, and now they're giving a face uh, to those people, and I think it makes it more dramatic. I think they're on the right track. I've seen just the first episode, or first two episodes, but uh, it's really worthwhile uh, seeing. Uh, they killed off one character that was sort of important, but uh, <laughs> the show will no, no, it, the show will go on. But uh, I, I really dig it, uh, and uh, Adam Baldwin fans will like the first two episodes. He was pretty good. Do you guys remember the TV show uh, Valerie's Family? And it later became yes. the Hogan family. They, yes. they killed yes. they killed off Valerie, and then yes. the next season it was yeah. called the Hogan family. Yeah. That's right. So you, you can actually still kill the main person and still have yes. a show. <laughs> There's yeah. precedent there. <laughs> so uh, I haven't seen uh, Blunt Talk yet, which is the Patrick Stewart show yet. Uh, it's not sci-fi or anything, but it might be worth watching. And uh, it hasn't aired yet, but The Strain is coming back for season two, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be cool. And let me also throw out one other recommendation out there, guys, if you haven't seen it. It's on USA, Mr. Robot. It's yes. terrific. Yes. Definitely check it out. And it is about this guy who is, uh, I think he works in IT during the day. Yeah. But he's a genius with computers, mm -hmm. and he's a hacker vigilante at night and the way I described it sounds hokey but believe me it is not it is really fantastic and actually pretty timely considering that you know the United States seems to be becoming more of an oligarchy now yeah. and um, it, it really addresses a lot of those issues and it's really got a cool vibe to it and then Christian Slater is in it and I think that he's finally found a TV series that'll work for him yeah I think so too. so yeah it's, it's pretty good and also yeah, I like Ruben is in it as well as a psychiatrist, and it's good to see her back as well yeah. on the screen. So no, I agree. Highly, yeah, it's highly stylized, so definitely check it out. It comes on Wednesdays, and the next episode is, I think it's at 8 or 9 o'clock tonight. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you, it's, it's a really cool show. I met them all in Tribeca. Ironically, uh, the week I interviewed them, my mother's account was hacked. <laughs> so oh, Wow. <laughs> 
Wow. It was very timely. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. all been resolved and all the money's been returned. Oh, that's good. Okay, but, great. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, ridiculous. And then, actually, I think two weeks later, somebody uh, in San Jose used my credit card to buy uh, a, a pet supplies or some shit like that. And we, we put it, you know, stuff. So it's happening all the time. Uh, that's scary. The scary part about the, the series is how he easily can get into all your stuff and see exactly what you're doing, your footprint online. It is If people really want to do it, they can do it, and it's scary. Yeah, so, it uh, is. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a worthwhile show, too, and I was lucky enough to meet them all, and there, there's podcasts available on that, Mr. Robot, and humans that you can listen to when I interview these guys. And There's some good stuff there, and those are two of the shows I highly recommend this, this summer. Uh, Comic Con is next week. Uh, you know, Justin, you and I are going to be there, and sadly, Rod and Tim are not. But uh, but you're we'll, we'll be carrying you with us. But uh, what's your what's your feeling this year, Justin? It it seems to have a different vibe than last year. Yeah, it's uh, almost like everybody is playing it cool this year, and coy, and a lot of studios aren't even going. They're not going to have Marvel there, which kind of sucks. Um, you know, I think last year I called it the Warner Brothers Comic-Con, like, because they're the only ones that really have a major presence. Yeah. And I think that that couldn't be more true right now. I mean, they, they're running the show, and it's a little irritating. I mean, they're doing the room keys, and they're doing the, the bags, the goodie bags, are all Warner Brothers. So their their logo is all over the place. I know. And, um, I, don't, I, I don't know what Marvel's thinking. Why... why? You know, nothing. Ant-Man is not even... They were there last year, but they're not anywhere near there this year. Well, you know... Well, let me ask you guys a question. Could it be, because it seems like a lot of movie studios don't have a presence, but could it be that television is really having another golden age right now? And really, most of the interesting, um, I guess you could say, projects right now are on TV. Could that be part of it, do you guys think, or... No. Well, Fridays at Comic-Con are always, and I think this is still true this year, even though I won't be going, but I'm pretty sure, guys, that the Friday takeover is Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. That's usually how it's been. That's yeah. All H gets those, too. So it becomes TV is Friday at, at Comic-Con. Yep. And then on Saturday is supposed to be, like, the big studio rollouts and presentations, and then Sunday is, like, more of, you know, the minor studios that have huge followings, so like Supernatural is typically on right. Sunday. Doctor right. Who, you know, is on yep. Sunday. And then Saturday is like the big, you know, supposed to be the big studio presentations, the way you guys are talking about it. And I agree. Marvel's basically bowing out. I think they're bowing out because they get such a huge crowd at D23. Mm-hmm. Although, you know what? Yeah. You guys went to Star Wars Celebration, Justin, and the word back from both you and Dave was like, Total waste of time. Yeah, right? the worst. it sucked. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. I, I I was beside myself. I could have gone there and got. Uh, actually, I could have stayed at home, watched the big old reveal, uh, at home, and got more out of it than I did standing there. See, it was that, sucks. that sucks. So does that? That's I mean, in a way, does that explain why Disney is like? Why do we do this? We're gonna get our audience anyway. We're gonna get them at D twenty three. Right. But, you know, Tony makes an interesting point about Ant-Man. It would have been huge if they would have gone there, had this awesome presence, and then yeah. maybe even 
released it that weekend too. Yeah. Just like, you know, hey, this is we're here. You guys, there's there's 130,000 geeky fucks standing right here in front of us. Here's our movie. Go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been huge. Yeah, I mean, a, like a world premiere, San Diego, you know, SDCC. That that would have been huge. I don't, you know, I mean, I want to get to Ant Man in a second, but just staying on the Comic Con track there. The other studios that I think remind me here, guys. I think Sony bowed out of yeah. Hall H, yes. and I think Paramount did Paramount too. Paramount did too. Yep. Yeah. So both of them bowed out. Um, not that they had huge things to show, but theoretically, I mean. Star Trek is in production right now. Yep. And we got shooting, a, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. We have a name now for what it's going to be. It's Star Trek Beyond. Yep. Or Star Trek colon Beyond. We don't know that yet. But, I mean, you know, there is a, uh, you know, it's it's in, I don't know. The, the return on this, the return of doing a big Hall H presence might be dubious now. I, I don't know. I mean... Man, the Hunger Games didn't lose anything. Mockingjay didn't lose anything by no. not being at Hall H, you know, last year. They just did their, I don't know if you call it a stealth reveal, but they were doing huge giveaways on the floor. They had their Samsung-sponsored yeah. special. That was it. It was all Samsung. Yeah, it was yeah. like Samsung. It was yeah. Samsung-sponsored Lionsgate to show Hunger Games content across the street from the convention center last year. So it was weird and... Interesting, probably smart on Lionsgate's behalf. They probably got paid a boatload of money to let Samsung sponsor them like that. But, I, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. It raises the question of just how big a return you get from being at Hall H. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, there's other ways of, uh, of doing things. Uh, I mean, uh, just recently, Independence Day just did a live... Uh, Resurgence just did a whole like press day, and uh, you know it was it was all right, uh, but uh, but it was on the set they're shooting, and that's why they're not there. So they wanted to kind of grab that crowd. Um, I know for a fact that Star Wars: The Force Awakens is doing something in Hall H. Yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty major. Yep. Uh, and also, Brian Singer confirmed that X Men Apocalypse is in Hall H as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's huge. So, so those are two biggies, but other than that, I, I kind of uh, I, I think I think Rod is right in the sense that there right now there are a lot more exciting things on television than than film right now, mm -hmm. uh, and the long form storytelling is uh, is is catching on big time because of binge watching because you really don't miss anything. Right. You know, so on that note, Tony, can I poll you guys? Yeah. I, and then I'll give you my answer. You have to give me your answer first. Sure. Daredevil or Age of Ultron? Which one? Which one did you like more? Go. Daredevil. Rod. Daredevil. Justin. Daredevil. Me too. Unanimous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not that I didn't like Age of Ultron. Right. I I liked it. I knew what I was gonna get, and I dug it. But I liked Daredevil so much more. Oh my God! Yes, like so much more. I was so much more excited for Daredevil. So just I anyway, I totally hijacked it, but that's just to the point no, you're making. You're, you're the the long form of storytelling is what's popular right now. It's like television, which used to, I mean, it used to be the high end of uh, of entertainment. After you know, when movies, when, you know, movies were so strong for so long. Right. Uh, 
and, and now the tide is shifting. And part of the problem, I feel, is movies are doing too much sequelitis. And, yes. and and the comic book market is saturated. I mean, we talked about it last time with all these freaking movies coming out the next God knows how many years. But, uh, but you know, movies, television, uh, you know, is a little different. Uh, and I think, you know, The Walking Dead changed the playing field and, uh, and everybody is, has to step up to be on that level because of what they've been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I think... Okay, so real quick, let me step back for a second. The the main <laughs> advantage for all these studios not going to Hall H is that people, the attendees will be able to experience several different things now. They don't have to sit there in Hall H all day long and wait for each silly that's presentation. Now you can totally go to the millions true. of panels that are there and enjoy yourself. Yeah. So that that's a big plus. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of forget about that because I'm more interested in the covering aspect right, of things right. as opposed to being a regular attendee but if yeah. i were just going to attend no, that would you're right. mean a lot you know i can yeah. now i can go and just check out what i want in theory um then you also have um as far as as tv being just more uh, having a better presence than, than movies i think that netflix is really the key here they they are just killing it with their original programming yeah and I, I would love for netflix to just show up at comic-con and just say these are all of our badass shows that would be awesome that would be amazing yeah. wouldn't it yeah and you know you know what that's makes coming that, i think it's coming you, I you really know what do. makes that so interesting justin is i was checking this out the other day i was just checking out stuff on linkedin but there is you can see it playing out on linkedin there is an arms race for content acquisition talent, original programming talent between yes. Netflix and Hulu. And they're both yeah. hiring like bazillions <laughs> of people. It's really interesting. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, and I kind of think the same thing, and I didn't used to, but I kind of think the same thing about Hulu now because they struck such a huge deal with AMC and they're going to be the exclusive streaming home for Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. That's big money they got Turner. Turner money. They got yep. Turner yeah, money. They yeah. They do. That, that was a huge deal. Huge totally. deal. Yeah. Big time. So, you know, Tony was just saying that with television, you can tell more interesting stories. And Justin, you were saying that Netflix is kicking ass, and they are. And every interview I've read with creative people like Kevin Spacey when he did House of Cards mm-hmm. and um, everyone else that they've worked with, they've said that Netflix is committed to quality programming. And if they green light something, then they will sink the money into it. They will fully support the creator. They really don't have any interference. And I think that's the key in terms of why they're so successful. Yep. Overall, yeah, you know, something like Sense8, I don't think would have gone anywhere else. I don't think no, we've seen no that way. on broadcast no or even cable. Not I, even I on cable, no. Yeah, yeah. So I think Hulu, Tim, that you mentioned, and, and even Amazon, they see what Netflix is doing and that there's an audience there and they're trying to replicate that. And I think that the consumer wins. Oh, uh, totally. Know, I television, uh, broadcast, and cable answer to two different people. And the first one is their advertisers. Exactly. Have to answer to them. And the second thing is most of those companies are subsidiaries of something else, and they enter to a board of directors. I'm right. not saying that it's not the case on Netflix, but Netflix 
already has a base of what they do. They right. have something that generates income directly with consumers. They don't have to use a third party to to use their dollars to keep them afloat. Yeah. So, and what's cool about them too is that you know when these shows get released, it becomes an event. You know, you're yes. excited. You get all the episodes yes. at once. You're yeah. like, motherfucker, House of Cards comes in February. <laughs> of the New Black comes out in June. It's like, oh, my God. The drink's ready. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a big that's deal. That's a great point. Yeah, it, is, it, is huge. A, it is a huge deal. Guys, and, the, the whole paradigm is being blown out of the water here. We're, totally. we're talking about what the future is going to be like, I think. Right. Yeah, I think so, too. And, uh, you know, the what Netflix makes so interesting is that the event that Justin, as you're talking about, is global in nature in a lot of these cases. And Netflix has a different model, and they've proven it over time. So right now, they're reporting international losses. But then those international losses, the operating income, the operating losses getting lower and lower and lower. And the idea is that as they move into a new territory, they gain scale in that territory. And the way they gain scale is they release an original program and say, you can only get it here. And so they hook you in, and then they, you know, you get your 30, 30 days free, and they're like, yep, I think I'm going to stick with this. And, of course, you know, when you look at the subscription numbers, they always spike, right, around what Justin's talking about. They always spike around an event. They spike in February, House of Cards. They spike in June, Orange is the New Black. You know, Daredevil Season 2, what do you want to bet it spikes again? Or, you know, when Jessica Jones comes out later, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, this fall, spike again. That's just how it works for Netflix. Hulu does have a different model, but by getting exclusive programming, I think they get some of that tailwind. What's interesting about Hulu is that they've proven that you don't lose viewers if you target the, if you target the advertising and you don't make it oppressive. Like you do like four advertisements per show, but you make the property really amazing. Then you're showing less advertising than you would on broadcast TV you're getting it more targeted, and so you get higher click-through rates. So the end result is an advertisement that costs a little bit more. Hulu makes more money. So they've proven that you can do it. You just have to be really smart about it. Well, the broadcast model is, well, whoever pays us the most for this 30-second spot gets the spot. Who right, cares yeah. about who's That's watching exactly the show? Right. You know, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That is yeah, the, only, the only way that works is for sporting events like the Super Bowl, and exactly. you know, that's 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 the only way it works. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So, because yeah, people just DVR and, and fast forward. Absolutely, right. Yeah, so, that's what I do with Hulu. So I'm a subscriber to Hulu, and um, there are times some shows you actually get to pick the commercials that you want to watch. It says which one of these three appeals to you, and then you can select it. Uh, but that's not always the case. That's true. And, what bothers me, just because I, I just happen to be a vegetarian. I love animals. I love everything about them. I don't want to eat them. I, I'm perfectly happy if somebody's just chowing down ribs or bacon in front of me, but I, as a personal choice, I choose not to eat meat. However, when I'm watching commercials, I hate seeing uh, like a KFC commercial because I know how they treat chicken. I just have a real problem with that, right? Yep. Sure. So when I got to watch one of their commercials, I get a little irritated. If I was yeah. able to always choose my commercials, then I could always just pick a banking commercial, an insurance commercial, or just some non-food-related commercial. That would be great as part of my subscription service. So really, when it, when it all comes down to it, I wish there was a, a vegan-friendly or a vegetarian-friendly <laughs> 
advertising <laughs> avenue. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just me off when I got to see somebody just chowing down on something that looks disgusting to me. Well, that's it's really my, smart. My I mean, that's a good. Uh, that's really good point, Justin. Yeah. And especially because they are investing in technology, and there is smart. I mean, ad tech is a huge market now, and there's so many analytics behind it. And especially when you have a platform. See, like that's the problem with broadcast TV. You never log into broadcast TV. You have the net. You have the Nielsen device. There's no login. So since there's no login, there's no way to tailor it. But Hulu is a login. Netflix is a login. YouTube is a login. Vimeo, all of that is logged in. So all of that ad tech should get to the point where it allows you to do exactly what you're saying. And even though like the ad impressions are naturally going to go down as a result of that, but the value of those impressions goes way up. So you know you don't lose any any money on that. I don't think. So I don't know, man. You're right. Like the golden age of TV is here, and it seems like getting back to the Comic Con thread. Maybe you guys are right. Like this is like, it's the TV takeover of Comic Con, or you know, yep. just like the the genre entertainment business is different enough that you know we want less like major event driven big fireworks and Hall H presentations, and more like engagement with the properties we wanna. See, even if they're like YouTube shows, we dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I. That's a great, great point. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we're changing, and they're, and they're, and they're changing too. So uh, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, as as far as Comic Con, I think the big event that I'm a, 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 I've been RSVP'd for and and going to, is not the Sharknado three party. But, <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but I, I am going to that. So. Uh, but uh, on, I believe it's on Friday night. Uh, is uh, is I'm actually going to the uh, screening uh, to Fear the Walking Dead, uh, or is it? Oh, yeah, nice. I think it's Friday night. So I'll be going to that. I've, I've been I RSVP'd and been confirmed, and they will not allow cell phones in. So they do not want pictures or any. No periscoping. You know, no, peri- no periscoping. No meerkatting. So and then. The, the the real nice thing is I also got into the party afterwards, uh, you know, right after the uh, the screening is over. So uh, I mean, I, I look, I mean, you always think in the back of your mind you're going to go to these things and the actors are going to freely walk the room. And, <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, they go to a VIP section and you'll be lucky if you see them go to the can once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they have their own can back there, I don't know. But that's really what's going to happen. But um, you know, I, I, hopefully, I, I haven't heard back yet. But because I am attending the screening, I'll be able to hopefully go to the roundtable the next day uh, and and cover that as well. Uh, so uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping. So, but I'm, I am looking forward to that. That is something that's really big. Uh, Justin, do you have like? Uh, and and actually, the cool thing is, and this is actually one of the things I loved last year was hanging out with you guys at the Wired Cafe. That's always a lot of fun, too. Yeah, that's that's my favorite, is the Wired Cafe. Uh, no, you know what? Honestly, I'm going into this one blind. I don't have, I don't have jack shit to do, so you're going to have to dump some of your workload on me because I'm just going to be... More than just going to be tanning, and uh, you know, I got, <laughs> my, my bikini line is ready, so I'm just going to be just gonna be hanging out. I'm, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, steer some things your way. Uh, I'll send you an email about what the conference are. 
Well, Tony, yeah. you had mentioned um, earlier that you had had some grievances with uh, the organizers behind Comic-Con this year. Did you ever get around to, I guess, addressing that? Well, it, it, it's, it's not really the organizers themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, what was different this year was everything seemed to happen late. Like, uh, we got our badges in May, and usually you get them in you know, early April, late March. So right. uh, it just seemed like, because uh, they always do WonderCon, and I think it, uh, you know, I mean, look, this is a, a beast to handle both those conventions and go from one to the other. Right. I, have, I could never do it because I would, I would lose even more hair if I did. <laughs> uh, and I don't got much left to lose. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's really tough. I don't really have a problem with them is, you know, it's just the, the whole thing with, you RSVP like really early, and here we are. We're you know the we're exactly a week away from yeah. when we when we're leaving, and I've gotten only a handful of RSVPs, yeah. and and that's a shame. You know I it, I wish it was a little better, but this is what they do: is the publicists wait until the very last minute, and then when they when they really when they figure they've gotten it out to everybody that they can get it out to. And then when they really see their R, their RSVPs are, then they start saying, okay, let's start, because you never want to have less people showing up, and that's happened in the past too, especially right. in New York Comic Con. I've heard that happen. But right. that's one of my grievances is that. I mean, the the organizers they've been doing it a long time, and uh, I mean it's a it's a fucking monster every year, and every year it's bigger. So I don't have anything against them, but I would I was just. I was venting to you guys about that, and that's really what bothers me is the uh, how the how the publicity side of this, and how the studios look at us, and, and in particular how they look at you know bloggers and podcasters. Um, right. You know we're here to we're here to stay, and um, you know it's like yeah we'd love to get more one-on-ones and things, but uh, you know we'll we'll have to we'll have to work within the system that's in place right now because there's nothing else. Right. But uh, that's. You know, it's a little bit of that frustration, and then how long these things take before they come together. And you know, basically, we sunk some money into going out there, and uh, and uh, at times when you lay out all this money, you don't even know what rooms you're you know confirmed for or anything like that. Oh uh, man, you know, dude, we're we're paying seventeen hundred dollars for a room that's right there downtown, like five blocks away from the convention yeah. center. And it's yeah. like a tiny little studio. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Night, right? Like seventeen hundred for the for the week when you're for there. For the week, yeah, seventeen hundred. Well, they, they gouge you there. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna gouge you because a week later that price is gonna drop to you know half yeah, 50 even bucks. <laughs> wow, but, wow. Uh, that's I'm, wild. I'm still I I I'm at the DoubleTree again, which was always my standby hotel on Mission Valley. And the reason I get that one is I can take the bus to the convention center, but there's also the trolley, and the trolley I'll take on Wednesday because the bus doesn't run until later that day. And this way I'll go over and get my badge, and then we have that bloggers event that night that I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, and doing that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's so in demand. It's that's what makes it difficult. It's it's. Uh, it used to be a secret. It's not a secret anymore, and that's the problem. It's the amount of crowd seems to increase, and I also think with the studios having less of a presence, a lot of the folks that would be covering the panels in Hall H and also 
uh, covering uh, you know the, the press lines for movies are now shifting to television because that's what's there. Right. So, and that means those rooms are more competitive than they were maybe a year ago. And it's all because somebody at Comic-Con posted a negative review of previewing a movie, and it scared the studios away. And that's why it is the way it is. Right now. I see. Yeah. Fuckers. The whole yeah. lot. Yes. Yeah, man. That's, yes. that's brutal. I that's forgot. I, I do have one appointment that I have, and that is on preview uh-huh. night, 7.30 to 9. And it's with Legendary Pictures, but it's still embargoed, so I can't talk about it right now. But nice. I'm actually, I'm really excited about it. What well, well, last, last year, you guys scored some Boku bucks with uh, with your preview last year, and yes. it's, I think it's going to be along those lines, and it might even Maybe. be him again. Maybe. You know? <laughs> no. but, well, say no as as English say, say no more. Yeah, no, uh, I'm not gonna not gonna go any further with it, but hopefully it's along those lines. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll nail them for the other thing on Sunday. Well, you know what? This is what you, I need to know, like, immediately upon re- release, Justin, because I, yeah. I, will tell you, I will tell you, my youngest son cannot wait. Cannot wait. And you know what? I can't either, because the more I've seen it, the more I like it. He is dying. Like, we literally sit at, like, at lunch. And he starts telling me his theories for what's going to have, like, how they're going to bring the monsters back for Pacific Rim 2. And he's just yeah. bringing them all back. This is my 10-year-old son. And wow. he cannot wait for Pacific Rim 2. And I got to admit, man, I like, if I get Pacific Rim 2, with giant robots, Gypsy Danger punching Godzilla in the face, I will be amazed. That will be amazing. I cannot, I want that. The world needs a world needs to exist where I have Gypsy Danger punching Godzilla in the face and Godzilla reacting with you know radioactive fire breath. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be really awesome. You guys are such geeks. We are. MTS charged. Another thing that I'll be doing this year, uh, one of the you know I, I uh, thanks to Justin and the Geek Legacy team, I'm actually have a camera person this year, so I'll be doing a lot more video this year than I did last year. Uh, And uh, additionally, uh, because of this app I have here uh, called Clamor, I'll be doing audio updates as well. And the cool thing about Clamor is it feeds into Twitter as well, so all my Twitter followers will be able to hear audio bites, and I'm hoping I can get some audio bites from some of the talent that's there. This is a really cool app. It's free. It's Clamor, C-L-A-M-M-R. And you can get it at the iTunes store. And uh, it's not available on Android yet. These guys are just out of beta. They contacted me. And I started three weeks ago. And I'm up to 220 followers uh, in just that amount of time. It's actually growing faster than my Twitter feed was. So I'm really psyched about it. It's like an 18-second soundbite of different podcasts. It's a great way to preview podcasts. A lot of the big boys are on here, all things considered, Mayron, all the, the big, uh, you know, WTF, all the big uh, podcasts are on here too. But for someone like myself, uh, it's cool. And for you guys, you don't even have to have a podcast. You can literally record an 18-second bite. Tim, the full bleach are just you know, just you can tease what's on your site and just in 18 seconds tease what's I know. on. I gotta do like. And I all you need is a phone. All you need is a phone, and you can I do have, it. Man. I know you can. I have 18 second jingles. I write songs. 
Well, there's musicians use this too, by the way. So there you go. So you want you want to hear one? It's a love Do song. It. Do okay. it. All right, this is a love song now. All right. Here we go. Time me. Are you ready? Yep. You're yelling at me, but I can't hear shit. Instead, I'm thinking about when you suck in my dick, cause I'm in love. Oh. Love, love, love. <laughs> yes, I'm in love. Oh and man. Oh man. That's my love song. Nice. Nice. Oh man. I'm, I'm, for itself. I'm, I'm, single. I'm single, by the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you are. We're going to have to chain this boy up in Comic Con. Oh, God. He's going to be after every female cosplayer uh, you know, that's out there. No doubt. No, wait, I've, I've never been to Comic Con, but meeting Justin, I really regret I won't be able to go this year. <laughs> It's a blast, guys, and I, I think the thing that I really look forward to, and this is what, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame that, you know, you guys aren't out there too, but uh, is meeting together like we did last year and just yeah. hanging out, having something to drink, and we even went to Hooters one night for dinner, and uh, <laughs> yeah. God, it, it was a bitch and a half to get there, but just hanging out with these guys and being served by a scantily clad woman wearing a Wonder Woman costume, he said, God, it's great to be a geek. <laughs> Amen. But it was fun and just really hanging out. We took a picture and man, that was just so neat because uh, we hadn't all seen each other since the you know once a year and then seeing the Flash together and uh, yeah, Tim, yeah. you, Tim and Rod, you're going to be missed. No question about it. I'm going to miss you guys uh, a you're lot. I'm, I'm going to really be um, I'm going to be bummed. So I'm going to be. I mean. It, it unfortunately it, it didn't work out, but I yeah I'm starting to feel it. Like I wrote to, yeah. to Justin yesterday and said like I'm just, man I'm gonna miss seeing you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. It, but you know what you guys are gonna have a great time and there'll be yeah. some great content and we'll be absolutely you know we'll be able to, to to follow up on it. I mean I'll I'm sure that you know I do the two issues so there's gonna be you know the in, there's probably gonna be multiple industry news issues that are. Oh, yeah. From yeah. San Diego, you know, news that you guys have picked up. So, yeah, we're yeah, gonna I, find we're gonna find a Jabba the Hutt cosplayer, and we're gonna do a line of coke off of its tail. And <laughs> honor oh, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> right. Justin, how do you come up with this stuff, man? Seriously, I, what, I <laughs> what do. are you taking? Give it to me. It's it's not me. It's it's monster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that's okay. There it is. That's the that's it. Yes. <laughs> It's uh, un unleashing the monster. So, yeah. so the, the, there is one other thing uh, that I, I want to talk about, and you know the Geek Initiative has has launched, and uh, actually, uh, the cool thing is uh, when I went ahead and I I got a, a domain name, and I'm glad I did because there's another website called GeekInitiative.com, so it was only a matter of time before somebody snatched up the Geek Initiative. Yeah. So uh, I, so it's what's really cool about it. And really you know, uh, dramatic about it, and what really, when I saw everything uh, laid out together, uh, was having all our content in one place like that, and it'll have uh, links to uh, our ConnectPal site, but also have links to uh, you know stuff on our individual blogs, and all our individual blogs are on there. Let me see if I can uh, share the screen here and. Uh, uh, here we go. I think this is it. I think I have to say, can anybody see this yet or no? Mm. 
Uh, oh, hang on. I'm going to present to everyone right now. There, there we you go. go. You can. So that's, that's, what the, that's what the site looks like. And uh, oh, uh, we lost Rod here for a second. But this is what the site looks like. Um, and the cool thing is you'll see the originating blog on the top of the story next to uh, the, the Geek Initiative. So that was from Geek Legacy. They were cool enough to share these new images from uh, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, which is uh, something I'm looking forward to, by the way. Um, anyhow, um, so just to show the folks at home, so this is like the Connect Pal link. Like the dark, My Dark Matter podcast special is a podcast that isn't available normally. It features Joe Malachi separately in addition to the phone call I did with Joe Malachi and some of the cast, and that's all together in one podcast. Uh, also, I just posted Just Alone. Uh, it's on my premium site and also now on Geek Initiative is the Q&A, uh, just a short press conference I did with uh, Seth Gable and Tasman uh, Merchant of, uh, of uh, Salem on their season finale. So this is what the site looks like, and it, you know, like pixelated podcasts will be on here. Um, Tim's link to the Marvel Movie Report, and uh, also my Walking Dead transcripts that are available. And I also posted, uh, I got some pictures from in Independence Day Resurgence, and that has a link to that story, my Killjoys, uh, but, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And also, we do have a new member, and that is DeJerd. And there's his uh, story on his about uh, cosplay and being fit with cosplay. Uh, we'll, we'll have some more with him at Comic-Con. I'll try to get him on some bites uh, from Clamor. So it's thegeekinitiative.com, and uh, you can visit there. And I'm really looking forward to that end of it. And we also have our uh, podcasts available as well. And you can see those on my website. Rod has a a great podcast on his feed that showcases all the great online entertainment. Uh, you know, uh, Justin, I'm still, I, I still can't get over your first episode <laughs> of, uh, you know, uh, no edits, only idiots, man. That was oh, yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually were due for another one. You guys that's, were that's, all over the place, man. You guys were all over the place. I mean, we're terrible. We're oh, terrible. Man. It's the like, worst. Yeah, yeah, it is, but it's great. The, I mean, the, the worst three nonviolent human beings get together and yeah, that's right. say that's the right. dumbest shit ever. And, and, uh, uh, and also it's on bad. the podcast feed, uh, uh, very bad. And our, also on the podcast feed are Tim's uh, commentaries, uh, including the Supergirl one. And actually, that's gotten a lot of uh, downloads. Uh, so Has it? Oh, interesting. It's it's getting there. I mean, we're not we're not at our regular level of our podcast, but it's slowly starting to uh, hang on. And actually, today I found out we actually have our first subscriber to the Connect Pal site. So, no way! Yeah! We do. We do. Let's, let's give them 10,000 years for free. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm really happy about that. And actually, I added uh, on my premium side, I just added three new people, so that was nice for July, and that was nice. nice. And they subscribed for a year, which is really nice. So, nice. you know, things are things are happening. But you know, it's the the Geek Initiative is. Uh, I mean, we we've added. We you know, Rod joined us, and and now we have uh, you know the Jerd joining us, and uh, you know we'll be going. I'll be doing a lot of recruiting at Comic Con and getting business cards, and we'll be talking. We're still formulating it, but it just 
it's I'm just so excited about it because seeing everything together like that, but yet everybody being able to you know kind of have their own identity is really powerful and uh, it's a great way to uh, to network with each other and give people ideas and and kind of grow our blogs and our projects uh, on our own too. Looking forward. To and how I, I that episode that you have there for the E3 recap for Pixelia podcast? Yes, that that's actually probably our funniest episode. Is it really? That out, yeah, Great. I I contributed almost nothing to it. <laughs> I, I just I had the longest day ever. Uh, what's that? It was all Stephen. Well, no, I mean he was he was throwing me. He was setting it up, and I was just. Not in the right place, and it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, for whatever reason, I was just not in my normal video game mood. <laughs> everything was falling apart, and it was hilarious. Wow. He was getting so mad at me, and so like when he's when he's upset with me on this show, Uh-oh. it's it's like genuine anger. Ooh. It is it is hilarious. It is like it is like on a Bill O'Reilly "fuck it, we'll do it live" kind of. that's like my youngest son getting mad at his sister and like she will will laugh like she she's she's amused by it and you could see the red and it's just (laughs) boiling up and up and up and you're waiting for the cartoon you know where he's gonna blow up at her yeah, he's like, because uh, Microsoft had announced this new program where you will be able to test out games before you buy them, basically, like a, like an early access kind of kind of thing. And, uh, and he's like, Justin, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? And I'm like, little is known about this, this service. And he's like, God damn, <laughs> he's getting so mad. And it, that was like the tipping point. That was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And then it just, and the whole thing just erupted into just oh. total silliness. And I don't even feel bad about it. And then I start getting all these tweets like, Justin, you were you were fucking useless during this podcast. And, <laughs> and it, it was awesome. <laughs> On Twitter. I, I genuinely got hate mail over this. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow. Oh, that was amazing. So check it out. If even if, even if you know nothing about video games, this that is the episode to listen to. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that Only good. on the Geek Initiative. That's right. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, I, I want to talk about something that's been on uh, the full bleed lately. Is you've been doing a, like a series of articles on comic creators and you know, some of the things they should and should not do. Yeah, the business issues. Yeah, so talk about that a little bit. Uh, so I do So I do two issues a week, and this is thanks to Justin, who had this idea that I was trying to write long-form stuff early on in the history of the blog, and it was just not going very well, and I couldn't get, I couldn't meet a regular schedule. And so now what I do is two videos a week. So I do Mondays is the business issue, Wednesday is the news issue, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays are the show notes for each. And so they're like two-minute videos at, uh, at YouTube, on my YouTube channel. And the Monday issue is all about some kind of business tip for creators. So Mondays, this Monday's issue 38, was about Instagram and why yeah. Instagram is the most important social network for comics creators. And, uh, I mean, you can go to the full bleed and get the full story, but two things. The first is that Instagram is the bomb when it comes to engagement. And it's not even close. Like the average engagement for Facebook is one quarter of 1%. The average engagement for Instagram is 
2.81%. So it's more than 10 wow. times, more than wow. 10 times higher. And if you're using video, if you're doing, because Instagram, like Twitter, you know, Twitter has Vine, Instagram has its own short videos. If you use those 15-second videos, especially if you're a big brand or a known brand, then the engagement rate on Instagram goes up to almost 4%. It's wow. crazy. That's so, nuts. so imagine you're a comics creator and you wanted to show just something, you know, so either you show some of your original pieces or you could just do like Dustin Wynn who does this all the time. He's, um, it's not the Wicked and the Divine. What is he writing on now? He's writing Descender. He's doing Descender with Jeff Lemire. And, um, you know, he'll like do a little bit, like in 15 seconds, you could see like him drawing and how he's depicting stuff. That's amazing nice. stuff. Now, it, yeah. What Instagram is adding to that pretty soon, you know, just like Pinterest is adding a buy button. So can you imagine being oh, a comics wow. creator, especially a comic book artist who has a portfolio? First of all, you have a following. Then you have a portfolio that you're showing on Instagram, and then you'll soon be able to be like, here, buy this commissioned piece. You know, wow. boom, click it. And you're just buying it straight off of Instagram. So I think this is really important. First of all, it's a visual medium usually engaging, it's not like algorithm driven, and it's free. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it's connected to Facebook. So, yeah. And you get a lot yeah. of followers on Facebook anyway. Yeah, and double dipping. Double well, dipping. Actually, I, I, used it, uh, I used it for New York Comic Con, and that, uh, that got me more Twitter followers. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll be using it in San Diego again this year. And at the at the party, I hope to get some pictures, uh, you know, nice uh, of, uh, of what's going on, so I can share that with everybody. And, Hashtag uh, the shit out of that, Tony. Yeah, I will. I will. The, um, the the other research that they showed is that uh, where there are diminishing returns on Facebook and Twitter when you use hashtags, not the case on Instagram. In fact, the best results are from a minimum of eleven hashtags, eleven wow. rele yeah. relevant hashtags. So. Do 11, and if you can do 20, do 20, you know, yeah. because that yep. is how Instagram distributes. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm going to do it. Actually, and also with Clamor, they also, uh, they encourage us to use hashtags because they put, uh, that's, and this is why I really, I'm really pushing for Geek Legacy to do this, is like when you put an 18-second clip, the hashtag will be full podcast episode available. And this way, people will be able to listen to it and not leave the site. They can listen to it on their phone, and all they're playing is a link from your server hosting the podcast. And uh, and the beauty of that is uh, is that you're getting the, the credit for the download or the play, and and there you go. So I mean, that's uh, that's really powerful. I'd like to uh, I'd like to set it up for the uh, the Geek Initiative. Uh, podcast so uh, we'll talk about that when we're off about how I can get some of those bites for some of those things you do like especially your stuff Rod I can put 18 seconds on there and you know we have a Dropbox and we'll work out the details but you know that's I'd be happy to do it and put it on there I even started a, a channel on there called the Geek Initiative where I would put geek related stuff on there as well uh, so yeah there's a there's a lot of cool things going on right now, and I'm going to try to use everything socially I can this year. And I think I'm compared to other years, I feel like I'm really going in there arm for bear as far as spreading the word about things. I think we're going to use Periscope. Yeah, the, uh, that's the really good one. Yeah, that's yeah. really taking off too. 
Periscope. Maybe I should look into that too. And you know what you should do too, if if you're going to Justin and you guys, if you're going to Periscope, try and do some Meerkat too, because the difference between the two and what's really cool, I like Periscope a little bit better, but the advantage is with Meerkat, you can schedule it up to 24 hours in advance, and then you can retweet that and say, "Remember, blah 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 blah," and then uh, and it, so and you can't well, do that on Periscope. Feature. Wow. Okay. Okay. I will look. I'll look into both of those. No doubt about it. Uh, great guys. I mean, a lot of great stuff. Um, hey, you guys have anything else that we want to chit chat about? Can we talk comics really fast? No. Tim, you can talk as much as you want, buddy. Go ahead. Go for no, it. No, I just want to be really quick about this because it looks like Marvel. So Marvel and DC both did their big, huge events, and I think Convergence was total disaster oh, on wow. DC's side. And Secret Wars has been huge and is a huge win. And um, so I, I don't have full official numbers on this, but Secret Wars is really interesting. Uh, Convergence has confused the hell out of everybody and disappointed a lot of people is what it seems like. Um, but what I want to talk about coming out of this, I mean, maybe in a future episode we'll have some better numbers and I can replay some of those numbers and how it worked out. It looks like DC legitimately lost some readers because it just confused too many people about what to expect with this. And Marvel has got people, I can't believe this, but they have people excited about an event again, and they've essentially blown up the entire Marvel Universe, and so they can play around and do whatever they want. And that's amazing. And so coming in October, the new face essentially, of Marvel Comics is going to be Iron Man. Now, I don't know if that's going to be good or horrible, but it is evidence that, you know, the tale, in this case the movies, is now wagging the dog, and Secret Wars was the way they blew it all up and said, you know what, our lead guy now is Iron Man. It's not well, like Spider-Man's going away. It's yeah. just like this is the guy they're going to put front and center. They saw it on their art, you know, showing yeah. the yeah. new, you know, all new, all different Marvel, and they do that every year. And so this this year, Iron Man was in the center of that poster. So this is going to be really interesting. It's going to be um, David Marquez on art, Brian Michael Bendis writing it. And, oh, yeah, I am putting that on the pull list. I'm totally going to buy it. Not only that, they're relaunching Spider-Man with wow. Miles Morales. Yes. And that is hugely exciting. Yes, yes. Hispanic. I love it. I love it. That's going to be that. great. I um, no, It doesn't point... mean Peter Parker goes away. But it just means that you're gonna have you're gonna not have the ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales. You can have Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and that that's nice. I think that's gonna be super cool, and it actually has me thinking about putting Spider-Man back on a pull list after about 20 years. So wow. pretty cool, pretty cool. Man. And not, you know, not you, you like Spider-Man is just like there's too much. Like, right. But, well, you, I know, you, you I know. what I like what you pointed out on the full bleed was that. Uh, Iron Man, which was a secondary character, is now the face of Marvel, and you know it's really interesting. I mean, in the '60s, yeah. he was kind of like a novelty. Well, well fighting. who you do know. you have to thank for that, though? Well, Mr. Downey, of course. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Now, does his likeness in the comic books does it does it look more like Robert Downey Jr. or does it look more like <laughs> Tony Stark? What are you What are you reading? Are you reading a Robert Downey Jr. comic book or are you reading an Iron Man <laughs> yeah, comic? I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, he does look. I mean, the the similarities absolutely are striking. Although, to be fair, if you go back to those '60s, you know that look. I mean, it does. You know, Robert, I think. First and foremost, Robert Downey Jr. captured that old look of 
of you know Tony Stark. But it, since then, especially with the Fraction LaRocca run, he now like when you read an Iron Man comic book, I mean it, it you cannot help but think of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Stark was a fucking asshole in the comic books for yeah, so was. long. And now yeah. he's this likable guy because of Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 and Avengers. Yeah. yeah. And he's still uh, kind of, just, I mean, they just got done with Superior Iron Man, in which they wanted to bring, like, full frontal asshole back to Iron Man. Right. <laughs> and I think it didn't work at all. Yeah. Um, and now this version, we'll have to see. But, um, you know, if there's one thing we know about Brian Bendis is that he's going to take what you think you know about a character and he's going to tweak it a little bit and we'll see. Yeah, and you may end up liking him a lot less, or you may end up liking him more. But no matter what, you're going to find out something new, and that's interesting. Uh, just to kind of go around the horn, uh, Rod, what uh, is there anything you've seen online recently that really has you like pretty excited? Wow, that's a good question. There is a web series uh, out called God. Let me pronounce this correctly. Anamnesis. And I'm nieces. That's actually about lucid dreaming. And I wrote it up on the seventh matrix. It is gorgeously shot. Um, it's an independent production. And it tells the story of these different people who seem to have a connection because they all share the same dream. And oh. one guy can actually lucid dream at will. So it's almost got like an exception vibe to it. But mm. the casting is great. The cinematography is beautiful. So if you guys want to go check it out, it's on the Seventh Matrix. But it's one of the most beautifully shot web series that I have ever seen. And that's not hyperbole. It is gorgeous. Wow. And it's called Anamnesis. I believe that's how it's Rod. pronounced. Yeah, there you go. Okay. A-N-A-M-N-E-S-I-S. And that's an actual that's an actual medical condition. And wow. really, if you look up lucid dreaming, you'll find it under that. But they've done a web series built around it, and it is pretty terrific. That's pretty you interesting because it sounds like a portmanteau. It sounds well, like I'm, so I'm sorry. What now? It I'm sounds sorry, like sorry. a portmanteau, but you're saying it's like a real. It's a real thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's lucid weird. dreaming, and that's the actual medical term for it. And they named the wow. web series after that. That's yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I'm telling you guys, in the web series space, these web series are getting better and better. Yeah, and, it sounds like it. Yeah, and the short film realm too. A lot of studios are beginning to pick up on that, and they're snatching up these short films to develop them into feature films. Now, whether that actually comes to pass or not. The yeah. important part of that is that the studios are now beginning to take more notice of the web series space. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, there's a short film called Realm, and it stars Adelaide Kane. She's on CW's uh, Rain series. Oh, and right. Yeah, she stars in this short, and it's kind of like a she's a, a girl who can actually enter the souls of demonically possessed people and destroy mm -hmm. the demons. Okay. And, yeah, it's it's called Realm, and it's pretty good. And I think it's either, forgive me, guys. I think Legendary picked it up and optioned it wow. for to de develop it into a full feature. But it's pretty terrific, so definitely wow. check that out. Now, uh, Justin, uh, what what can you tell us about E3 and is Batman Arkham Knight as cool as it looks? It's fun. I'm I'm enjoying it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
So, at least on Arkham, uh, some people think that there's too much Batmobile, other people don't like the controls of the Batmobile, but honestly, you don't even have to use it all the time. You're able to grapple. You know, Batman has a sweet little grappling hook thingy, and if you double tap, because uh, I'm playing on PS4, you double tap the X button, it propels you further, and you can fly all across the city. You don't necessarily have to drive everywhere. So, okay. there's two very ways, two very different ways of playing the game. Uh, but then, as far as E3 goes, there are some pretty big announcements. Uh, the the HD remake of Final Fantasy VII was a huge win for PlayStation. Wow. People have been yeah. wanting that forever. Yeah. Um, also, The Last Guardian showed up again at E3, and that's been a while. Uh, that originally showed up in 2009. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the game has been on hiatus forever, and it's just been like this long-standing joke that it'll never come out. And mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where... The hype is so insane that there's no way it'll live up to anybody's expectations. So it's kind of a an interesting thing where it's going to eventually come out and not be that good. Wow. Oh, that's a shame. Well, That'd I mean, it's just, it's, it might be a good game, but it's not going to be a great yeah. game. It's just one of those things where yeah. the expectation and the hype is just so much that I don't see how it could ever live up to it. Yeah. Uh, I hope that I'm wrong, but that's just one of those things where... You, the anticipation is going to outweigh the final product. Mm. And, and, and then, speaking of Star Wars, Star Wars Battlefront, I mean, that looks fucking amazing. Yeah, that looks good. That looks fun. Um, and on also Xbox, uh, Microsoft had a fun announcement where the Xbox One will have backwards compatibility, where you'll be able yep. to play yeah, your 360 that. games. That's huge. But yep. only a certain amount of games, is that right? Yeah, it's one of those slow and steady wins the race kind of deals. Oh, okay. um, eventually... The library will expand, but that's a huge step in the right direction. People have had an Xbox 360 for almost a decade now, so yep. that's a lot of games that you have, and it's kind of cool that you'll be able to play <laughs> some of the ones that are your favorites. So, yeah. Justin, did you say almost a decade, man? Yeah, 2005 yeah. is when the oh, God. 360 <laughs> came out. And so how, do, how does that work exactly, Justin? Yeah, so you'll put in your disc, and then you'll get prompted to kind of download this patch, and then it'll ultimately uh... make it work. Okay. Oh so, wow! And wow. then people, fans can actually vote on the games that they want to have backwards oh, yeah, compatible. Yeah. There's like a whole list, and yeah, Red Dead, Red Death Redemption, man, I, I love that game. <laughs> oh yeah, Red Dead Redemption, that's one of my favorite games ever. Yeah, isn't that fucking cool? Holy I, I think they're, I, but they're supposed to make a sequel of that. Yes, that's, that's one of the reasons I really like Take Two Interactive. Rockstar has got some, some yeah. terrific. They they're. It's not just GTA, people. They've got yeah. some pretty good, yeah, <laughs> some pretty good games. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption, right there. Yeah, it is. I love that game. Man. Oh. Like, I, I love when he, I love when he kills a zombie in the in the zombie version. He goes, yeah. "I hate this shithole." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wife, I was playing the other day. My wife heard that and was like laughing hysterically. It just got her at the right time. Oh man, I love that game, especially when you go into Mexico. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I'm in Mexico now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, love it. That's... Love it, love it, love it. I always just feel bad when some goddamn mountain lion comes out of nowhere and just kills Yeah, my... I hate that shit. I'm like, you I, son I, of a bitch. The zombie prostitutes are fun, too. Yeah. Well, all oh, prostitutes are fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The ones at Grand Theft Auto apparently are a lot more funner than yeah. us. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, you're gonna call me again, are you, baby? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so much fun. When, when I'm on the the U when I'm on the U.S. side, I call them prosties. 
But when I'm on the <laughs> south of the border, I call them prostitutes. I'll tell you, that's going to be, I think that's a neat idea for that patch, and I'm hoping Red Death is going to be one of them. That's, that's going to get my vote, because uh, I would love to have that. Yeah, uh, you know, transfer over. Now, how's the quality gonna look, though? I don't know. I haven't done it yet. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure it'll look what, just. What it'll is... look. It'll look just like your normal 360 game. It's not gonna have better graphics or anything like that. Oh, okay. It'll okay. it'll just be playable. Oh um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I'll tell you when you when you go to 360 and you go to one, you, there's a definite drop. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, it's just. I mean, I can understand why people aren't jumping on it because they invested all this money in 360. But as far as a, a new level of gaming, it's and I'm sure with the PS4 too, it's absolutely amazing. Right. It's always funny with backwards compatibility because, yeah. With me, with why do I want to go back? I want to go forward. And like when you play a board game, you're always when you got to take steps back. It's a penalty. Yet for some right, reason, yep. we like to cling on to, you know, these games that we love so much. But how many of sure. us really go back and play them? Red Dead is an, is a good example because it's an amazing game. There there are a handful that you really really love and adore. Uh, let's say that you I know, had 50 games on my Xbox 360. There's maybe five that I care to play again once a year. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like, like Skyrim, I was into for a while and I kind of lost interest after a while. You know? mm -hmm. I don't know, but it was it was cool for a while. Tomb Raider looks pretty good too. Yes, Rise yeah. Of the Tomb Raider. yeah. Yeah, they're doing yeah. a fantastic job with rebooting that franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, Love cool. it. I, I mean, gaming—it just seems like all our entertainment, and just kind of like to wrap, I guess, guys. To is it, the world is going through a huge change right now with our the way we process our entertainment, where we get it. It's yes. just—I mean, I've—I've I've been around long enough to know. When we got color TV, it was a big deal. Uh, so this is like, in some ways, it blows my mind to, and then the kids growing up in, in this world that it is now don't realize all the little treasures they have right now. It's just absolutely amazing. Fuck those kids, Tony. Those are my kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. And, and they're all wonderful. I love them to death. <laughs> <laughs> Way to backtrack. I love it. Uh, it's funny you mention that, Tony, because there's a game coming out this summer called Until Dawn, and it's a horror uh, genre game. And uh, I am right that, there, man. They look... The characters look super real, and uh, oh, wow. Hayden Panettiere is one of the... The, the talent that's in this game and um, okay. you're, there's like 17 a cast of like 17 characters and wow. you can actually you decide their fate throughout the game like the nice. choices that you make will determine whether they live or die and that's going to be interesting it's one of those things where it's either going to be a huge hit or it's going to be a flop or it'll put it'll be like the building blocks to a new way of making video games you just never know it could be pioneering this whole idea of of, of horror games. Wow. So it's entirely possible that this does incredibly well because there's a lot of people that want to murder Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> right, right. Oh. Wow. wow. Oh, man. That's brutal. That's harsh. That's harsh. I'm not saying I want to, but she has a lot. There are a lot of people who do not like her depictions on Nashville. She, like, generated, she got a lot of online haters. Yeah. Her. It's the character she's playing. Oh, I know. 
Dude, you're, you don't have to sell me. I'm just saying she, she's got, she's got, she's some, got haters. Some haters out there. She's got some haters. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I want to yeah, I, yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's great. It's a great time right now. It really is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that's why television networks are like, you know, they used to be the main dog in town, and now it's just, they, they're, they're just like, every, they're competing. They're fighting for their lives. You know, they don't. You know, in, in 10 years, who knows if they're even going to be around anymore. We might just yeah. have cable. So yeah. that's pretty possible. Yeah, anything's possible at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, Comic-Con next week, uh, looking forward to it. You know, it's always like I look forward to it and dread it every year. Right. <laughs> because you don't know what's going to happen when you're there. Uh, but, you know, there there is fun and uh, to be had in addition to the hard work that goes into it, too. So, um, I mean, we're we're sharing our coverage again. We have, I have this year thanks to the Geek Legacy guys. I have my own camera person, so that's going to be wild. And I'm looking forward to working with Felix. And um, and then you guys have two other cameras that are out there too. Is that right, Justin? Yes, uh, we're going to be in pairs. Dave and Randy will be a pair. Uh, Stephen and I will be a pair, and then you'll get Felix. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be fun, and hopefully, we'll get a lot of good stuff for you. And there'll be uh, there'll be some of that will definitely make it into the Geek Initiative website. Uh, if I get into any Walking Dead roundtable like I did last year, I'll transcribe it and share it with all our blogs, and then there'll be a slightly longer version available in the Geek in the uh, PayPal, uh, I mean the ConnectPal uh, website. So there's some good stuff coming up. So you gotta stay tuned. Sounds like we. Uh, Got some good things going. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, you know, uh, we will definitely hoist one for you guys that aren't going to be there. Uh, yeah, maybe several, please do. Yeah, please. I mean, you guys have fun. I'm sure you will. Yeah, and there's always next year, too. It's not going anywhere. That's for sure. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. So uh, it's hard to say goodbye. <laughs> uh, for my comrades here, Justin Cavender from peaklegacy.com. Bye-bye. And also Rod Faulkner from theseventhmatrix.com. There he is. And Tim Byers from thefullbleed.net, the business of comics. And Ben, share some great stuff. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for watching and listening. This is Tony Tolato from scifitalk.com. And we'll see you all next time with our post-Comic-Con show. And we'll, God, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So until next time. Take care, and have a great July 4th for those of you in the U.S. I'm looking forward to a little getaway myself. Adios, amigos.